0: Welcome to That Scene, That Song, a podcast series dedicated to discussing the films and songs that have had a profound effect on our lives. We will be having a broad collection of interesting people talking about the films and songs that they love most and a little bit about how they got through life through the songs and films that they enjoy. I hope you enjoy this series. Welcome back to That Scene, That Song. I am very, very lucky today to have Sasha Dewan with me to discuss our nervous nerdish endeavors and our love for film and music. A little bit more about his backstory and the WTF that is 2020. Hello, Sasha. Hello, how are you? Really good, buddy. Really, really good. Thanks for making the time to to have a chinwag with me. Um, I think I think really, just jumping straight into it, um, I wanted to to have a chat with you um, initially about 2020. Uh, I, as the year is coming to a close, I'm thankful that you know I'm here <laughs> because uh, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster for all of us. And 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 I, the first question I really wanted to ask you is, how on earth have you been able to get 2020 around your 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 own sort of mind?
1: Well, I'm still. At comprehending everything, and I think it's going to take us some time to digest what's happened. I I was speaking to a friend about this the other day, and it's been a turbulent year for so many people, but also I feel like it's been a bit of a blessing as well. Like the world needed to stop and reflect. I mean, I personally have seen it as a bit of a blessing in terms of having the time to sit with myself, because come like when was it like february march mm-hmm. work, work just stopped and i was so used to being on the treadmill kind of using work to to kind of bury my head into that that just all stopped and i was forced to sit with myself for a little bit and it was uncomfortable but i made some amazing discoveries uh, and as things are slowly going back into motion mm-hmm. well for the for the arts industry in terms of the tv and film industry i just hope that i'm able to hold on to some of that i, I do feel uh, slightly different having made, made these new discoveries uh, but I, I feel incredibly empowered by by uh, what's happened but at the same time it, it's a really a weird time to to process everything as well so there is this kind of empowerment and uncertainty Uh, So it's it's a really strange feeling that I've never had before, but I'm just going with it, taking each month as it comes and, and, you know, let's see what 2021 brings, but it's just proof that, you know, the human race is so resilient and I'm I'm, I'm so blown away by how we've adapted Mm -hmm. And, and especially how the, the, the film and TV industry have adapted as well. I've recently started filming again on something and I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed by it. Um, And I know that if we can get through that, then, you know, whatever 2021 brings, we'll we'll, we'll get through that as well. I'm sure of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love everything you're saying. I've got to ask you, what was your Jesus Christ, what the F is going on moment at the height of lockdown? When, you know, when, when, because none of us knew what was coming, when it, when did it really hit you? Like, okay, I'm living an episode of Black Mirror.
1: It was when I was actually on holiday. I'd I finished filming something and then I went away to Mexico for a little bit. Uh, it was, you know, a, a well deserved holiday. Uh, but towards the tail end, it, it got very quiet. <laughs> everyone, was, everyone was leaving the resort. It felt slightly apocalyptic. And I was getting messages from home. Uh, and and suddenly as well, I was getting messages from friends who had been in rehearsals for productions, uh, theaters were closing. It, it was something I'd never experienced before. And then arriving back into London in my flip flops, <laughs> and shorts and T-shirt and uh, going to the shops to get some food. I was just I was still in holiday mode and seeing people literally fighting over food <laughs> it was, toilet, it was <laughs> toilet paper you know it was like a war zone and uh, yeah i just I, i'm just even talking about it now thinking about that time i don't think i fully processed all of it it was you were just going with it weren't you
0: yeah all of us i think christmas is going to be a big moment for loads of people to have uh, just time to to begin to unpack uh, yeah. And New Year's Eve, you know that 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 whole that time is going to definitely be be used by a lot of people because I certainly haven't, and I'm sure you haven't. Because you know it's it's survival mode. Then then work starts up again, and you're just too busy trying to make sure everything is is functioning as best as as best as you can you can make it function. Um, but you know, kind of moving on, but very much linked to that is you know, as a person of color like myself. Um, the murder of george floyd uh and the the extraordinary um, outpouring of you know allyship solidarity and just the the anti-racist movement in general how how did you uh how did that affect you
1: well there's been moments during this year of it feels like there's been a bit of a revolution mm. uh, it, it's amazing and it it's still taking me time to process everything i think with Black Lives Matter, what was really important for me is to not just get on social media, mm-hmm. repost everything, try and throw my opinion out there. I think it was a time to listen. Mm-hmm. It's very easy as a person of color to kind of jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, 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 I, I know exactly what you're going through. Yeah, there are similarities, but this this was different. This was, this was about the black community. Mm. And I think I also had to look at the and commun- um, the sorry the racism that exists in the South Asian community as well. I really had to uh, sit in that and explore it and ask questions mm. uh, and take time to process it. Like I said, without you know throwing my opinion out there. Mm. Um, I think what was amazing as well. I, I just worked with a a, a brilliant actor um, on The Great as well, um, a black actor, who's absolutely fantastic and. It was just nice to, to reach out to him as mm-hmm. well and, and hear his story and just sit and listen. And I think what was fascinating, even he hadn't really thought about his place in it all. Mm-hmm. You just kind of think it's normal. Uh, and that's been, again, during this whole time, a real sense of inspiration and, and, um, and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an ongoing discovery, but it's really had an amazing ripple effect uh, and it's given me t- uh, time to kind of process my own identity, but also have confidence in my own voice and and owning the space. I think the the black community, especially in in the arts, are a great example of coming together uh, mm-hmm. and and showing their uh, their identity and having confidence in their voice. And I think the South Asian community. Uh, sh- should you know use some of that as well because i don't think we have a stronger identity Mm. identity here in in, them in the uk we have a tendency to blame the industry for that but i think we have a responsibility as well
0: Mm. Uh, really um gosh thought-provoking what you just said because you're the first person that's kind of said it um in regards to so, so basically um I have quite openly strong views about the black community and racism within the black community. Hmm. Um, and I have plenty of South Asian friends that in, in, in private discussions, I've have, have, have also voiced um, the, you know, the racism within the South Asian community towards um, people that are not South Asian, right. Hmm. And, and I think you know, culturally, that, that that there needs to be some housekeeping, um, yeah. because inherently there's so many strands that are, are very, very similar, um, mm-hmm. and also there are lessons to be learned. Just like you said, that um, you know, the the black community in arts, you know, that the you know South Asian Asian actors could could learn um, uh, about building a, a stronger community and and having a, a larger voice. I think what uh, the South Asian community has been doing for years in, in, in business and, and, and you, know, g- you know, helping large communities um, build up from abject poverty, from having nothing, you know, first, second generation to, to where um, many uh, South Asian families are. I think many people, in the, in, in, like my mother, would always use your community as an example of being able to build up, you know, against all odds. And certainly, there are aspects of that. So, I, what I'm saying is, I think we, we have we have lessons um, that we can we can teach each other, um, yeah. and and there are so many cultural similarities from you know how we respect our elders, um, how important religion in general is within our communities, all of those kind of things that make us very very similar. And whether we like it or not, we all have experienced systematic institutional racism. It, you know it may be different um but there's no way that your parents generation didn't experience many of the same things yes uh, <laughs> you know and and that also is is something that um it's very difficult for someone who is white and maybe middle class english to fully comprehend how first generation immigrants, second generation um dealt with things that that uh they couldn't defend themselves against by the you know by their mere act of existence and i don't know where you know how what journey your grandparents how you your family got into england but is there anything within your family line that, that is like that
1: well it's it's really interesting because you know as we were talking earlier about black lives matter mm-hmm. and, and like now uh, for me that the ripple effect of that especially in, in this year has made me really think about my identity. I have been for doing some time. Um, but right basically not not being able to work has really made me sit in it and ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And 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 talking about uh you, know, you talk we were talking before about family as well, like my my parents in a way did encounter racism. But I think what I'm starting to experience is their sense of conditioning mm-hmm. has uh been passed down to me and that sense of conditioning is just to be very lucky that you've got a place at the table <laughs> um, don't, don't celebrate being different uh, they won't cast you if you shout out and scream about who you are and it's really made me think about what it means to be uh, British mm-hmm. Indian, I feel I feel like I've always used my parents' story as my own, and now I think on the back of Black Lives Matter, I'm starting to really think about what my my identity is, mm-hmm. what it means to be uh, British Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've been ingrained on the, on you know from the on the back of my family is to uh, just just think about myself. Mm-hmm get get myself on that table as opposed to thinking about anyone else in the community mm-hmm. which is why I think sometimes we don't really come together to have a, a you know a singular voice uh, I remember being in school and I'd see you know the the odd asian guy and we wouldn't even we we'd kind of look down we wouldn't even make contact wow. and that's that says a lot and I think now on the back of everything that's happened I'm I'm trying to broaden my horizons and think about building my own tables yep. uh, and and also just trusting my own voice I was born here unlike my parents yep. my story is different um, but I've never felt like I've had the space to really explore that but I'm doing that now
0: amazing gosh that's the thing about this Yeah, it's, it's awful in so many ways but it, you know if you look at what people are drawing from from this it, it seems like You know many many people are going to end up being a better version of themselves off the back of this year than they could have ever been from any other year right
1: yeah i mean i think what i've been exploring as well is that i've almost been conditioned and i'm still trying to work out where that comes from is being a person of color especially in this business Mm -hmm. Uh, Being good isn't good enough, you have to be exceptional. And I'm, I'm starting to think, well, I'm not sure how true that is, but the manifestations of that mean that I put an immense amount of pressure on myself, uh, you know, in, and then imposter syndrome, mm. uh, always after scenes questioning, oh, was that good enough? It can be better. And basically my life falls at its wayside and then acting just becomes the priority because I don't feel good enough. I need to be doing better. Yeah. And, and And then I end up having a lot of anxiety around that. And that's kind of what I've been trying to understand during this time. And I think maybe that could come from my sense of conditioning from my parents and their parents and especially coming over to a foreign country uh, and and being seen as different. I guess you were naturally conditioned to be like, I've got to be. I've got to be exceptional, otherwise they're going to kick me out, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and I'm still carrying that. Mm. And, and that's not your and,
0: reality at all.
1: And it's not my reality, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and I've been carrying that for years. And as a result, I feel like I buried a huge part of my identity of being British Indian. Mm. I felt like, you know, for years I've battled with not feeling white enough and mm-hmm. uh, not feeling brown enough. Mm-hmm. So where do I fit? And I'm starting to now sit in a place of celebrating both uh, and connecting with a part of my identity that I've never had before. Uh, Well, I've never thought I I should celebrate, but now I am. And I've suddenly felt so much more free because of it. It's really incredibly um, empowering, not just in my acting career, but just in life generally.
0: Gosh, it's, yeah, we are kindred spirits. Uh, I, I feel exactly the same. You have to take the best parts of... The, the the multiple cultures you know have formed you, and then make an original thing, right? Which is you. Yes. And, yes. and 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 realize that when you walk into the room as that original thing, that room is bloody lucky to have you in there.
1: Yes, and and even now I'm I'm trying to constantly tell myself that, especially when I go back into set, to to not be so. Goddamn grateful all the time. Mm-hmm. I've got here for a reason. Um, but you know especially in this industry, I still feel that it is still slightly old school in places. it's based on traditions mm-hmm. and and, and, and uh, built on a world where they the industry didn't see artists like us, artists of color. Mm-hmm. So there is still a bit of ignorance there which I'm trying to challenge and own, especially when you go on sets, and you look around at the cast and crew and there's only a small handful of people who look like you, uh, that's hard. It's really hard to navigate because you don't feel that you've got like, your bros there, or your sisters. Yep. Uh, and I'm, I'm still trying to navigate that. So I've just got to be even more confident.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, imposter syndrome is a big thing, obviously. When I shot the Vogue cover, I, I was the first black man to do it in 104 years. And we're in, wow. we're in 2020. So you do the mass. You know? yeah. So, you know, of course we should have imposter syndrome because sometimes you really are <laughs> yes, yeah, you <laughs> an are. imposter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. But let's let's talk about your, your choices. Should we start with, let's start with the music. What, what, what are the two songs that have had a profound effect on, your, on, 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 on who you are and, and why?
1: I'm going to start with um, a song by Talvin Singh Mm -hmm. uh, called Abalonia. Um, I started to listen to South, a lot of South British, South Asian music, particularly Mm -hmm. when I did a film called Bradford Riots. And I'd constantly listen to this song by Talvin Singh. And it was my kind of first way into how music could really help me get into character mm-hmm. or uh, get me into that world. Uh, and it also it allowed me the, the freedom to be able to use whatever I want. It gave me the confidence to use whatever I wanted to, to get into that scene or get into that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and music was, was a big part of that, particularly this song, because th- this film Bradford riots was also my first step into work. Where I was surrounded predominantly by South British South Asian actors, mm-hmm. uh, and and that was that was that was amazing. Yeah, and it was a project that it, it really encouraged me to uh, embrace that part of my identity like i was saying before that i i felt i'd suppressed for so long long or hadn't even come across it and i felt like that that discovery was uh, incredibly intoxicating and it was it was a real kind of highlight moment for me of just listening to that first song and even when, you know, before speaking to you, I was just listening to it again, and it brought up so many memories of being that young actor who felt completely uninhibited. And I think over time, that can get lost slightly. So just listening to it again, I thought, yeah, there, there he is the 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 actor didn't they didn't worry too much. Uh, that that wasn't uh, as as anxious, um, and just again listening to it listen to it again encouraging me to be like yeah don't be afraid of being bold yeah. just as bold as you were uh, at that time when you were doing when you were doing that film
0: it's amazing how more than even film songs are literally time machines you know yeah and they can really i mean sometimes when i listen to a song i can smell the, the smell yeah. of, of the place I was in when I first um, heard this, it's extraordinary and and, and thanks. And I, I feel that song for you uh, by Talvin Singh is, is is a bit of a time machine for you.
1: It is even, yeah, it totally is. And even listening to the song, I um, I remember the scene uh, that I was kind of preparing for and, and getting into that state of mind. It's also nice as well music for me sometimes is a way of not just getting into the scene, but it, it allows me space, mm-hmm. especially when sets can be really busy and chaotic. Mm-hmm. It's a good way of just closing yourself off from everything. Uh, and I also, I just seek pleasure in, you know, obviously being in the scene, but being on set, I really use music to, as a form of just uh, uh, escaping and, and having access to, to different worlds. I like to kind of live in the world that i'm um, breathing mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and Talvin Singh and as well as Nitin Sawhney mm-hmm. uh was a huge part of that uh they were a big part of my journey. And also by listening to the music it just suddenly makes you kind of feel things again. You're more exposed yeah. to feeling emotions, so when you do the scene uh it, it's kind of uh, readily available. The emotions are all at the surface and uh you feel slightly like i said uninhibited and it's a really a beautiful feeling and that song was the first or listening to that piece of music was the first moment I realized that I had that kind of uh, possibility uh of, of of yeah being able to do whatever I wanted yeah
0: no absolutely and Nitin is I, I had him as a, a guest um on this 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 podcast actually and my gosh um what a what a huge mind uh, yeah extraordinary. I don't know if you know him personally, but uh, he's he's a national treasure, truly. I don't know him personally.
1: I'd love to work with him. I think you know if I if I was to ever make uh, my own film, which I hopefully I will do at some point, I'd love for him to be able to c- compose the music. I'm a huge, huge fan fan of him. I, he's amazing. I shall take a
0: note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about your next song.
1: The next song is. It's, it's called Bye Bye Blackbird. Uh, it, was, it was first published in 1926. Um, but we did a cover of it in a, in a stage play I did called The History Boys. Um, and our version was, ri- uh, was written by Richard Sisson. Uh, and it, it was sang by us and a brilliant actor who was also in the show called Samuel Barnett. Um, the reason why I I am incredibly f- fond about this song is we would we would sing it every night in the play, and I'm not sure if you know the History Boys, but it was predominantly about eight boys preparing for Oxford and Cambridge, mm-hmm. um, but they were taught general studies by their teacher Hector, which was played by Richard Griffiths. And the teacher was incredibly inspiring and, and got them to think outside the box. But Richard Griffiths himself was an amazing, inspiring actor. Uh, Hector, unfortunately, dies uh, in the play and the boys commemorate him at the end of the play by singing this song. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a really beautiful moment in the play. Now, bear in mind, we have done this. This play was a huge part of my life I moved from Manchester to do this play. I did the play for over two years. We traveled the world with it. We, uh, we did a film, we went to Broadway. We did, we'd done about 500 shows. And on the last night uh, in, of the show in Broadway in New York, we, you know, it was the last ever performance and we, we sang that song to commemorate Hector mm-hmm. as it were. And why the song sticks with me is at the end of that song, Richard Griffiths comes back on stage as Hector, a ghost. And he he says this beautiful piece of dialogue. And the reason why I think fondly of this song is on the last night of the show, Richard Griffiths played this dialogue, not as Hector, but as Richard himself. And it was almost like the last piece of the dialogue was to us personally. He was Richard talking to us, not our characters. Um, And I've got the piece of dialogue here, which I'd love to share with you. Please, please. And he says, he says to us, pass the parcel. That's sometimes all you can do. Take it, feel it, and pass it on. Not for me, not for you, but for someone, somewhere, one day. Pass it on, boys. That's the game I want you to learn. Pass it on. Uh, and that was that was the end of our last show when we were completely in bits because I felt for the he was just telling, he was basically telling us as we were about to close the chapter on this, mm. and then just to see what life was uh, was going to unfold. Not after that. a dry
0: eye, I can imagine. My yeah. God.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Gosh, echoes of
0: Dead Poets Society there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Gosh, amazing. Thank you. Wow, well, I don't know how you're going to follow this up with your films. Uh, hit me. Yeah, so
1: the first film uh, is um, The Warrior, Mm -hmm. Um, It was directed by Asif Kapadia uh, in in 2001. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it it stars an amazing uh, Indian actor called Irfan Khan, who uh, I think he sadly passed this year, actually. Uh, And he plays a conflicted uh, enforcer in feudal Rajasthan who attempts to give up the sword. Uh, I actually watched the film quite a few years uh, after it was made and i'd been a child actor for quite a while and then took out some took some time out after college but work just completely dried up mm-hmm. uh, and i was i was in that time where i was like am i going to continue acting again i wasn't sure um and i, I and there were certain moments uh, during that time like watching the warrior which which encouraged me to reconnect with myself as as an artist. Uh, And and what's so brilliant about this film is, I was seeing a film directed by a young British South Asian director. Um, And there was just something amazing about him being British, uh, shooting a film that was in Hindi but it wasn't um, it, the film didn't feel British and it didn't feel typically Indian either and what was amazing is that I felt represented me uh, as I was saying earlier of not feeling British enough and not feeling Indian enough it felt like this film had its own uh, unique identity and, and it made me go yes these are the films that I want to be part of um epic storytelling it also reinforced. The, the the power of good storytelling which i feel like we sometimes lose uh, and and the effect of the effect of that and i i, I felt like that film uh, captured that brilliantly and at the same time i felt like the film was culturally specific but it wasn't defined by race like i said the film had its own individuality it was like a western with indian actors uh, and there was a universality the story as well uh you know sometimes when films are just defined by race it feels slightly limiting whereas this felt completely epic uh it it made me realize that anything's possible the film also felt incredibly spiritual as well i think because i was going on a bit of a spiritual journey as well it, it it couldn't be it couldn't be more perfect and also Uh, Irfan Khan has been I've been a huge fan of his for for so long he's you know he was an absolutely an amazing actor he was able to yeah he was able to say so much with just a glance and he plays everything with such honesty has real soul and there's there's truth in every decision that he makes I was so shocked
0: when he passed I I just couldn't It, it was it was it was this year it was this year
1: yeah, yeah it was this year? I mean, he's he's been a huge part of like I've mean, obviously never worked with him, but I've always aspired to work with him. But also used his, you kind of used his performances as things to learn from. And what's interesting, which a fact that I found out is that Earthen was actually thinking of quitting acting before he made that film. <laughs> and it was interesting as well that I was unsure about whether or not I was going to continue doing this. And so it was almost like a, I don't know, a spiritual message watching that film saying, don't give up. Those
0: those (laughs) films, there are certain films, certain songs that find you, you don't find them, you know, and, and it's not just entertainment. You know, I, you you know, I'm sure like you, you have some friends that don't quite take films or music as seriously as maybe you do. And, 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 you know, honestly i strongly believe certain certain types of entertainment will will hit you in a way that it's 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 shaping who what journey you take in life yeah, and, definitely. And, and that's not just entertainment
1: <laughs> yeah no it isn't and you know when i was talking about it being bold you know like a western with indian actors it, it was bold in the sense that it had a, a, a little dialogue mm-hmm. i mean i think um asif kapadi was like 29 when he made that mm-hmm. uh that, that is, and it's an amazing achievement it's incredibly inspiring to, to make a film like this with with little dialogue and it really it really took its time and i feel like now with the amount of content that we've got that stories don't have enough space to breathe it's like we've got to grab you in the first two minutes because you we can just flick it over onto like the uh, the other thousand shows that we've got uh it's, and, it's very and- true
0: because a lot of younger you know i have younger brothers and when i sat some some of their friends to watch a film like the godfather which is very slow paced they're mm. they're like what is this rubbish
1: yeah you know, exactly nothing it's
0: been 40 minutes nothing's happened
1: yeah <laughs> but you know i was saying before as well like revisiting this the song by talvin singh and also revisiting this film was was i watched it again last night actually and it was just it's nice to revisit these things. It's nice to talk about it, just to just be reminded why you came across it in the first place. Sometimes I can get a little jaded by the industry. It suddenly feels very formulaic. It feels like just you know a job sometimes. But seeing films like that it make you go, oh, this is why I wanted to be an artist uh to 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 create these sense of emotions to you know for me to feel in this as a a certain way as an audience i i want to be part of films that do that i want to make films that do that it's incredibly empowering it's
0: it's a it's a it's a higher calling Uh, you know uh, true filmmaking and what what it can do you know i I all say that great art is the only magic that i'm aware that homo sapiens can do Um, yeah because you and I and anyone else that allows him or herself cannot truly defend themselves against extraordinary music and film and you've described yeah. that very very well with, with what the warrior has done to you What what is your 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 second choice
1: the second choice is another uh and Khan movie mm-hmm. um and it wasn't because it's Irfan I love and Khan but the, this film it was special to me for other reasons. it's called the namesake uh It was made in uh two thousand and six. It was directed by Mira Naya mm-hmm. um I think now I appreciate uh Mira Naya. i mean Mira Naya is great, but now you know as a South Asian female director uh, I think I was quite younger at that time to really appreciate her career. And uh, now in hindsight, I, have, I think she's an incredible, um, and there should be more South Asian female directors on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an adaptation of the novel, The Namesake. Um, it, again, like I said, it starred Erfan Khan and a, a brilliant uh, South Asian actress called Tabu. Uh, Tabu um, both incredible actors, again, who can convey so much with, with just um, a simple glance. And, and what was brilliant about the namesake is that it depicted the struggle of first-generation immigrants from the East Indian state of West Bengal to the United States and uh, and their American-born uh, children. Uh, and, and, and a bit like The Warrior, it's, 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 it's this beautiful hybrid of a film which sits right between the East and West. Mm-hmm. But it was the first film I saw that felt like it was holding up a mirror to me. I could see myself, not only see myself, but I could also see my parents at the same time and their journey coming over here. Yes, it was slightly different because it was um, the state of Bengal to the United States, but it, it really had parallels to well my experience, but also my my parents' journey from coming over coming over from uh, from india Mm -hmm. and why it was so special is i watched that film in the cinema with just my mum, and we felt just it was an amazing experience because for the first time i was being represented on the big screen in a way that i'd never seen before Mm -hmm. Uh, in a story that we could relate to and yet the characters seemed so individual um it it felt like our stories were uh, were being recognised. Your stories mattered. Our stories mattered. And it's that thing, like I was saying earlier, like sometimes you feel like you have to belong in one camp, either you're British or you're Indian, but it, what this film demonstrated is that it's it's possible to exist um, in, in both, that the film celebrated uh, the best of both and the wonders, wonderful stories and individuality that, that comes out of that.
0: Did you feel unshackled um, on, on by seeing that in terms of
1: yeah uh, some
0: kind of burden had had slipped away
1: i felt free i felt like i wasn't alone mm-hmm. uh, in this there were other people like me going through similar things which only um it, it empowered me Um it also as well like when when watching the film especially with my mom it was like i was able to clap, catch a glimpse of the woman before she was mum yes if that makes sense um And also, at the same time, she was able to see me in a different light because that film also uh, explored my journey as well with the American children, if that makes sense.
0: Um, I I do not know you well, sir, but I feel there's a filmmaker in you. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, because the way you talk about how certain films have have reached you. Um, I may be wrong, but I feel you have more than a few stories to tell beyond yeah uh, being an actor yourself
1: definitely it goes back to something we were kind of talking about before about just being grateful to have your place on the table Mm -hmm. I think one thing I've noticed is that the South Asian community we're not very good about talking about our feelings Mm -hmm. you know we're conditioned to show that everything's all right you know we've got a lot of pride We, we don't want to show failure um, but actually, failure sometimes can be a bit of a blessing because it's not really failure. And and what was so brilliant about that film, the namesake, is it kind of exposed us both, me and my mom. It showed our vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And and the most amazing thing happened. It, it it opened up a dialogue between my me and my mom in in the cinema without us having to say one word to each other. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, the, the film did all the talking uh and, but we were allowed to feel vulnerable exposed and 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 we we, we cried at the end um it, it made me you know having the best of both suddenly felt made me feel unashamed it made me feel incredibly blessed and fortunate primarily because of my parents yeah. making the journey over to to england
0: yeah it's it's um it's intimate uh, when you have that experience with, with a parent and you realize that, you know what, they didn't totally have full control of what was going on. They were making you know, the best of what yes. fate had thrown at them. You know, and, and, and I think there's a stage as a child or a son or daughter where you think your parents know everything and they're invincible and then you, 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 yeah. you, you reach, it turns a corner where you realize, flipping heck, they were just trying their best. Yeah. You
1: know? and this This time as well has been perfect for that because I've been able to get back home occasionally and, and but going home and not be like, oh, I've got like a script I need to prepare or I've got a self tape. It's really given me time and space to sit with my parents and I know I'm probably doing their head in, but in order to discover my own identity, it starts with really asking my parents those important questions mm. about their own identity and seeing them beyond just being mum and dad, mm. who 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 are the people behind those labels, mm. uh, and that's been really fascinating. Especially understanding my dad a little more and his experience, yeah. uh, you know, before meeting my mom, it's it's actually been such it's been such a blessing for me, and it, it it's really shaped me going forward.
0: If you're doing that now, my advice to you, my friend, is to double down on that uh because there's a there's a song by mike and the mechanics called the living years which is one of those songs that makes many a grown man cry and it's about having not having that conversation with your father or mother um until it's too late um and and many many and i'm one of them you know my father's no longer and i i I certainly didn't have the opportunity to do that and it's something you will never get back so even if when it feels intrusive double down (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah it is i mean it is i think i can't take it for granted especially during this time i've had friends uh who have who and family actually who have who've lost parents uh to covid and and hearing some of the stories of you know a quick phone call not being able to get to the hospital to say goodbyes really i think that's what's really deeply affected me during this time that i've not quite really sat with and comprehended yet because you know we've just got to crack get on with it yeah. but it sits in the back of my mind deeply it really it really does
0: yeah. Sasha you have been amazing I think you know uh, we if yeah this was more than a than a a, a podcast conversation I feel you gave us pieces of your soul today and um I greatly greatly um, appreciate that I'll finish by just saying um enjoy all the little things as well you know it's one of those things you've done so much what you know from the 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 great to the 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 work you're doing with british television as well um that sometimes you're so busy you don't take a step back and just enjoy it so i hope you, you 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 applaud yourself as well um and you certainly certainly are bringing um so much into every room that you enter
1: thank you so much it's a really nice thing to hear as well it's something
0: i've got to keep reminding myself every day the team of what we see have had an amazing time making this podcast but it would be nothing without the amazing people at another tongue that have helped make this thing happen especially my capo the boss john love who has allowed us to explore our creative juices in his studios and his amazing team of sound engineers and composers, R.G. Wilkinson, Dan Lambert, and Kyle Rolf, the Rolfmeister. Thank you so much. I enjoy working with you and hope we do many, many, many more things together.